the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Nice to be with you on a Veterans Day, a beautiful Thursday, Columbus, Ohio. I'm Bruce Hooley. You can be a part of the show by calling 844-TALK-989, 844-TALK-989. You can watch us on Facebook, The Hooley Show, or 989 The Answer Facebook pages. we got the multi-camera setup. So how does that work, Aaron? Do you switch around from time to time so that the view doesn't get boring or yeah, leave I it on a... one camera? You're always switching around. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, I have a switcher over here. You Pretty cool. Switch angles for those. Excellent. On, I'll switch it right now. Am I looking off camera or on camera? Or my monitors are positioned on the right and the left of the camera. The camera's right in the middle. So when I'm looking down, am I am I insulting people no. by not looking at them? I, I don't think not. it's odd. Okay, no. good, very good. Well, watch that. We'd appreciate it. You can type us a message on Facebook. Aaron will share it with me, and one of these days I'll actually get my own laptop up and have the Facebook feed up so I can see your comments. Uh, I'd be curious to know on Veterans Day. This is kind of a fun. Topic you can plug into via email or via 844-TALK-989. I'm a big fan of war movies, a big fan of military movies. So I came up with my list, and I'm not saying it's a comprehensive list, but it's, it's, it's a list that came quickly to my mind of my top five war movies that if I happen upon them late at night, it's really hard for me not to watch them all the way to the end. And those would be Tora, 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 uh, The Great Escape, Patton, Saving Private Ryan, and, of course, I'm going to forget the fifth one. The fifth one is, oh, Dirty Dozen, of course. Dirty Dozen, yes. So, Aaron, do you have uh, five? I mean, I've seen, some I haven't seen, okay? I don't think I've ever seen Apocalypse Now. I'm not sure I've seen Full Metal Jacket. Wow. Is that like Surrender My Man Card admission? I've never seen Full Metal Jacket? Kind of. Really? Yeah, I'd say it's Is Full probably... Metal Jacket the one with uh where the where the it's basically like a, in the marine training and the guy in the bathroom like kills himself? Is that Full Metal Jacket? Um that's like with the 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 drill sergeant who ended up being like a drill sergeant on a bunch of different commercials. Yes. That's Full Metal Jacket? Uh-huh. Okay, I've seen that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've seen that one then. I wasn't, per- I wasn't particularly edified by Full Metal Jacket. i got to tell you the truth. It's, it's odd. It's Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I've seen that one. I've seen that one. I think I watched that one. These are movies I watch when my wife and kids are away. You know, they maybe take a trip to the in-laws or they take a college visit or something like that. I have to work. I have to stay home and take care of our crazy German Shepherd. Uh, and boy, she is crazy, by the way. Um, so that's when I get in my movie watching. I, I would love it. I would love it if my daughters would sit down and watch Saving Private Ryan with me. Because I think Saving Private Ryan is such 
a great movie for so many different reasons. Number one, because you get an appreciation of the bravery that it took to win World War II. You get an appreciation for uh, honor and following orders, even though you don't want to, even though it doesn't make sense to you. You understand that some things have to be so that a greater good can occur. Um, And then you get, at the end of Saving Private Ryan, beginning and end, where it's the, you know, in the middle is the flashback, the long flashback. You get the necessity that Private Ryan in the movie felt to not waste the sacrifice of others to preserve his life. It's a phenomenal movie for that lesson. But I get it. It's very gory, bloody in the beginning, but also very realistic. I mean, the first, what is that, first 20 minutes, first 35, 40 minutes of Saving Private Ryan is from Normandy and Omaha Beach and the others. And boy, if you, I'm sure it was worse than that, quite sure it was worse than that. But if you watch it, you can't have anything other than amazing appreciation for the sacrifice of people who did it. Do we have any other nominations via Facebook, or would you like your own nomination to be uh, to be considered among well, the top five war movies ever? I would throw in for consideration. Mm-hmm. Mine uh, are kind of old. Have you even seen all of mine? No. Like, I haven't seen Patton. Oh. Uh, but throwing in for consideration, Good Morning Vietnam... Oh, I've seen Good Morning Vietnam. It's a good movie. Yeah, yeah. it's a good movie. No, yeah. I don't know if it's a war movie, but yeah. well, here's I have my to question. You know, there's always this argument: Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Right? That's what people say. Oh, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? It took place at Christmas. The answer: No, it's not a Christmas movie. <laughs> it's not about Christmas. Okay. But here's my question: Is Gladiator a war movie? I mean, I guess not. Well, Gladiator is about war and about what happens when you're in the military. He defied orders. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Gladiator is more of a war movie than Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Is, you know, a one-on-one battle, could it be a war? Well, I mean, it started out, they're at war with, I don't know who it was, but they're at war. And he has a great line. And I can't remember it exactly, but he says something about it's it's not it's unfortunate, but he's it's basically he's saying it's really too bad when people who've already been conquered don't realize it. And they're gonna fight against us anyway. So yeah. So uh that's my I love war movies. The greatest you ought to see you've not have you seen The Great Escape? Uh, no. Gotta see it. Steve I, McQueen, phenomenal in The Great Escape. Great, great, great movie. James uh Garner's in The Great Escape, great. Tora, 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 about the attack on Pearl Harbor? No. Oh, great movie. I quote the last line of that movie all the time. I fear that all that we have done is awaken a sleeping giant and filled him with a terrible resolve. So true of that situation, and so true of you leftists out there who want to cram critical race theory and gender, transgender ideology on us. You and your school boards have filled us on the right parents awakened us and filled us with a terrible resolve. You've not seen Patton? No. All real like... men love a winner. Man, I love George C. Scott. 
I don't know if uh, Behind Enemy Lines is a war movie, but I like that one. It sounds Thin, like a war movie. Thin Red Line is good. There's a list here, 50 best war movies ever from something called Vulture, which I've never heard of. I've never heard of the top three. The Thin Red Line, 1988. Seen that? Yeah, it's good. Paths of Glory. Never seen that. And Ran, 1985. Ran? Never heard of it. Uh, Saving Private Ryan is fifth on their list. So, yeah, so if you have a war movie, 844-TALK-989. Thoughts on Veterans Day? A lesson your father or mother or uncle or grandfather taught you about what it means to be a veteran and what lessons you carry forward because of either your own experience or the experience of others. I was always fascinated by my father's World War II stories. But I have to tell you, and I never pondered this while he was alive. I never asked him about it. And I think I tend to know the reason why he didn't do it. He rarely ever talked about his time in the military. You know, I got the, hey, this guy was my friend, and he connected with a lot of his military buddies later in life as he became aware, because you got to remember, my father was born in 1926, so he was always amazed. Wait, you mean you can look that up on the Internet? Like he never had email. My father never had an email address, okay? Never had a cell phone. He died like four years ago. So it would always amaze him, and I think he connected with his military buddies out of a conversation we had one Sunday afternoon where he was talking about, I wish I knew what happened to so-and-so. I wish I knew where he was. And I'm like, well, we could look him up on the Internet. He was amazed by that. and. We looked him up, and he ended up spending time with some of his buddies from World War II. So that was very cool to see and uh, need to make connections with them after he passed. So I definitely want to give space uh, to those of you who want to talk about Veterans Day. I will play again the comments from my friend at the Upper Arlington Board of Education meeting on Tuesday night because I feel like a lot of us can't serve in the military, but we can still serve, and we can still be soldiers in a noble fight against darkness. And that's what my friend did the other night. This is the Bruce Woolley Show. Bruce Woolley Show, glad to have you with us. We were talking about uh, favorite war movies. You've never seen Patton, Aaron? Patton begins with uh, George C. Scott, plays General Patton, standing in front of a gigantic American flag, theoretically addressing either Americans or the troops. Here's a little flavor of that. All this stuff you've heard about America not wanting to fight, wanting to stay out of the war, is a lot of horse dung. Americans traditionally love to fight. All real Americans love the sting of battle. Got to see it. It's one of the great performances of all time. I'm sure he won an Oscar. I'm sure that was... I'm hoping that was best picture. But... We don't face a very clear, definable, easy-to-see enemy now. Our enemy is hidden in our schools, in our city councils, in our own halls of Congress and at the White House. Sometimes the ones at the top don't hide very well because, well, they don't need to. They have the power. But in our schools, they hide behind 
things they can portray as oh, tolerance and diversity and equity and inclusion and lots of other buzzwords that usually mean somebody's going to get disadvantaged and somebody that they believe is not getting enough is going to get what they can take from someone else. Sometimes it's not something tangible. Sometimes it's something very important, very essential to a person's psychological, mental well-being. The feeling of being safe is something every child is entitled to in a school environment. They shouldn't be bullied physically or mentally. In the Upper Arlington system this year, the people in power whose minds are twisted and warped and impacted by the evil that they have allegiance to, decided that the laws of the state of Ohio, the building codes of the state of Ohio, didn't mean anything to them because they know better. All leftists think they do because all leftists think they are God. They don't answer to the one sovereign God of the universe. They answer to only themselves because they are God. And so while it's against the spirit of the community and against what most of the parents in the district want, they're going to remodel the schools and they're not going to ask for permission and they're not going to tell anybody. They're just going to make all the bathrooms in the new buildings and at the new high school, the ones the students use most often, the ones placed in the most convenient locations, they're going to force kids regardless of their sex, to use the same bathroom. Oh, we're going to build in potty parity, they said. Potty parity. As if a senior boy and a freshman girl using the same bathroom would not be a situation fraught with peril. And it has resulted in the exact kinds of things that any sane-thinking person knew it would result in, which is horrible Um, sanitary conditions. Also, boys and girls doing what boys and girls' hormones encourage them to do in the bathroom. Why not? We have a stall, floor to ceiling, the door locks. We got the privacy we need. We got 12 minutes between class. Let's skip class. Oh, other kids love the privacy. They're able to uh, do drugs during the day. So into this madness, parents have walked to protest and to speak out against it. And Tuesday night, a gentleman that I know and admire greatly, one of the smartest, most compassionate people I know, spoke to the Upper Arlington School Board. He spoke in the fashion that provides a way for all of us to draw lessons from and how to address these kinds of things. Clearly, boldly, but with a measured powerful tone. I'll begin by confessing to you that I'm just a bit embarrassed. Um, After listening to one of your students speak to you last month regarding the difficulties she and her classmates have had involving the unisex restrooms in the high school, I'm embarrassed that as a grown, self-respecting man and father of girls who live in this community, I haven't spoken up earlier about this issue. In a word, the notion of having school-aged children share restrooms that are unisex and multi-user is insane. Frankly, it's among the more ludicrous ideas I've ever heard ostensibly mature adults advocate. The outcomes your student described, such as embarrassment and intrusion while managing feminine hygiene, general discomfort due to the presence of boys and men in the restrooms, 
male created urine messes on the seats, students abusing substances, and student couples being seen in flagrante delicto in the lockable floor to ceiling stalls were as predictable as they are lamentable. As you all know, this student has not been the only one to describe these issues. A local TV station interviewed several other UA high school students who echoed her concerns. That story was scrubbed from the station's website and YouTube channel within 24 hours, presumably at the behest of someone in this community with influence who preferred that those children not be heard. I know all of you have children, and so I would ask you to recall that female student's testimony from last month and consider, what if it were my child who were having to endure this? Think back to your own teenage years and consider, what if I had to endure this? During the school board meeting in May of this year, a member of this board commented that, quote, I'm for the well-being of all of our students, unquote. And I would ask all of you, are you really? Because by dismissing the concerns your young educational charges have raised and pushing forward with this absurdity as you have, the message you're sending to them is that you actually don't care about their well-being, and that, in fact, you're willing to spend nearly 200000 of their parents' tax dollars in legal fees to work against their well-being. Are the indignities your students have described thus far not enough for you, or must we wait until something worse happens? There are many in Upper Arlington who think as I do. Many of them are reticent to speak up out of fear of being socially ostracized. I have no such concerns. The students who have spoken up about these issues, I don't know them from Adam, but they deserve to have rational adults in this community speak up for them and not stand idly by while they're sacrificed on the altar of someone's ideology. If you care about the well-being of the students in this district, as you purport you do, you would listen to what those students have told you and put an end to this nonsense. I love the phrasing about what's good for the students being sacrificed on the altar of ideology. That is so on target. Because I want you to think about that imagery, sacrificing students' well-being on the altar of ideology. There's a verse in Proverbs that I read recently that says, the sacrifice of the wicked is detestable to God. Think about that for a second. The sacrifice of the wicked is detestable to God. What is sacrifice? Sacrifice is what you offer up on the altar in the Old Testament to God. You would offer a sacrifice for atonement, to justify yourself, to obtain forgiveness for your sin. God made very specific instructions about how animals were to be killed and how sacrifices were to be offered. He is no less specific in our day about what sacrifices, in air quotes, we are to offer to him, our obedience, our humility, our deference to his authority. That is the sacrifice we are to offer on the altar to thank him for his son's sacrifice on our behalf so we can be forgiven for our sin. What is the sacrifice of the wicked that is detestable to God? It is any sacrifice other than the sacrifice he calls for, which is to prioritize his ideology, his obedience to moral law, to behavior, to how we treat others, to compassion, to gentleness, to kindness. What are the things the left offers on their altar as the things they claim will justify them? Abortion? Women's health care? Prizing transgender ideology, which is nothing more than lying to kids? 
confusing them, imprisoning them in fear about their own identity. That is why the sacrifice of the wicked is detestable to God, because it is not at all what he calls for from us as his children. Now, this is what school boards and governments all the way up to the White House are offering up as their justification for their own righteousness, for their own propriety. And they are horribly, terribly wrong, and they are taking people down to a bad ending. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.